Welcome to Adventure On Outdoors, where we talk about adventuring outside your daily 9 to 5. We're two ordinary guys exploring the outdoors, all while balancing a family life and the demands of a regular job. So join us in our pursuit of adventure and enjoy our conversations with others who share the same passions. On this episode, Daniel chats with Sam Malden. Sam is an avid climber, extreme athlete, and most notably a paddleboarder. He and Daniel first met when they did a 100-mile paddleboard trip down the Guadalupe River in South Texas. Sam went on to bust another 100-mile trip down one of the most remote stretches of the Rio Grande, a trip that was nominated for SUP Expedition of the Year. He is now gearing up for his biggest, most challenging trip yet, 150 miles down the Rio Grande de Matayalpa in Nicaragua. He discusses his trip plans, the dangers of such a remote location, and his gear choices for the excursion. We hope you enjoy. How's it going, man? Not bad. How you doing? Dude, pretty good in Louisiana now, so uh, different world over here. I'm, man, it's been a long time since I've seen you. I talk to you all the time, but shoot, it's been a while. You've been up yeah, there a lot of shit. It's been a long time. <laughs> so you, it looks like, man. Huh? Those, swamps, those swamps up there look inviting. Dude, if you can ever get out here, it's pretty sweet. I mean, the I, I mean it's kind of Everglades, you know. Yeah. I mean, I I love it. I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, there's forests, national forests everywhere. You know, the swamps are cool. We're gonna be doing pre- pretty cool trip here in a couple of in about a month or two. That's gonna be it's gonna be a, the probably the most unique thing I've ever done. That's for sure. Probably a little bit on the edge of scary. What are y'all doing? We're going to paddle the basin at night on paddle boards <laughs> in the middle of the summer with alligators and mosquitoes. Yeah. It's like Sounds 40 like miles. Kind of trip. <laughs> it's 40 miles flat water, up, upstream, downstream. It should, it should pretty much be like uh, the our section of the 100 mile when we're in the water. And yeah. open water, it'll be like that for like a day. Jesus. <laughs> so it should be pretty miserable. <laughs> hey, that's the only way to do it, though. It's not miserable. Yeah, for sure. Doing it right. Yeah. All right. Well, sounds we'll like a, a trip I was just invited on uh, to go do a uh, all the way through uh, Florida. Then oh, I'm gonna go do that later this year. Yeah. Well, the entire length of Florida, I'm gonna do from top to bottom. Through the Everglades and everything, so I was like, "Yeah, that's gonna be a lot of gators and mosquitoes." So, well, shoot, since you're, um, since you're, what do you, since you're quitting your job now, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty much. Uh, you can do whatever you want now. Well, I gotta get another job once I get to Colorado. Oh, do you? Your the yeah. wife's gonna make you. <laughs> well, my rent's gonna make me. You you mean paddleboarding doesn't make you a million dollars? Man, I wish. <laughs> no kidding. Close, but you know. <laughs> yeah, just a few zeros off. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Put you, well, you in the negative, actually. <laughs> that, that is about most adventuring stuff puts you in the negative. That's why that's why it takes us three days to get this thing going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll get this thing going. Yeah. So, uh, man, what I really wanted to do is, I mean, 
I had, I mean, we, like I said, we went on that hundred miler and it kind of, it, it sparked an interest in me for sure. I know that it, it made you go into a complete, a new realm of things and really push on, um, beyond anything probably at the moment we ever thought it would take you. Oh, and, definitely. Uh, and, and now, I mean, you've gone, you did the hundred mile the trip that we did together. And then you went straight a year later, you went into the Rio Grande, which dude, that, whenever you told me about that, I was like, man, jealousy kicked in a little bit, <laughs> but, but more than anything, I was like, man, that is going to be a tough trip. Can you, can you briefly, I mean, you were nominated for, uh, adventure yeah. of the year. Expedition of the year. Expedition of the year. Yeah, definitely from uh, Sup the Mag, and uh, we apparently came in second place behind a couple other people had a few few more votes than we did. But I still blame it on the fact that nobody told me I was nominated, and I didn't find out till a week and a half before the award ceremony. So I didn't have a lot of time to get to tell people about it and get them to vote. Dude, I don't even think I found out until you posted something, which I wish I would have. I'd have pushed that one for sure. Yeah, um, nobody knew. I, mean, I was, that was just happened to be going through their website, and uh, I saw Sup Awards. I'm like, hey, I wonder what this is all about. Clicked on it, and it's like, hey, like there's an expedition section to this. I'm like, oh, cool, and I clicked on it, and sure enough, it said Sam Malden, Rio Grande. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, it was well-deserved nomination. I mean, that trip was pretty incredibly Bru- difficult. It's brutal. That's the only way word we found to really describe the whole thing. It's just downright brutal. And not so much yeah. as the trip itself, like what it would usually be for somebody that planned it at the right time of year, but the fact that it, the river was running at 17 CFS and even dropped to 15 CFS by the time we finished. Oh, and, man. Uh, that's, that's, cool. that's, yeah, so that way we can describe it is a uh, sup-assisted hike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a new genre. <laughs> so you so original plans was how many miles? 130 was the original plan, and, and we then, were going to go all the way past Boquillas, which would have put us at 130, and we ended up doing um, river uh, distance. We did uh, 96, but we did total 100 because I paddled two miles past our takeout spot at uh, 3 in the morning. So next morning, we had to paddle back up two miles, so I tacked on an extra four, which made it 100. <laughs> Man, I, I was following y'all the whole – every time y'all pinged on the spot, mm-hmm. you know, man, I was following y'all, and I was watching, and I was watching, and I was like, man, come on. I was like – and at one point, I was like, what did they do there? Like, <laughs> but, I mean, but, like, y'all, y'all ran it. I mean, you started off the trip. Didn't you get sick? Yeah, I uh, fell in the first day. And, well, I didn't fall in. We were jumping in because it was – it was hitting close to 100 degrees or more during the day, and then it was hitting, you know, some days, some nights it hit uh, low 30s. So it was quite a fluctuation in temperature. But during the day, we were hopping in and uh, just to cool off. And I think I took an un- unintentional swig of water, oh. and uh, it didn't take long. It put me down the next day, and I was, I was to the point where a couple of team members were telling me that I needed extraction, that we needed to call somebody and haul me out of there. Yeah. But, uh they pulled a couple of my friends, well, you know, Q, they pulled Q, yeah. one of the, you know, my other team lead on the trip. They pulled him aside and said, look, man, Sam looks bad. Like, he looks deathly ill, and we need to get him off 
out of this river. And uh, he said, you know what? He said, the only way Sam's going off this river is in a stretcher or unconscious. So <laughs> that, <don't laughs> that sounds like you. <laughs> that, 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 that sounds just like you. He's a good dude, yeah. man. <laughs> One day I'll get a. Uh, one day I'll paddle with you guys again. But you know, but shoot. So you, you did the hunter. You did the Rio, which is incredible. They could. Uh, I mean, we'll get to where they can go look at that. But now you've. Now you're pushing the envelope even more. Yeah, definitely. We wanted to up the ante a little bit, and you know, I grew up in Nicaragua, so that's uh, it's still home to me deep down in my heart, and. um so we started looking at rivers, and the first river we looked at was uh, called uh, the Rio San Juan, which is the, the section of river that flows out of Lake Nicaragua and all the way to the Caribbean, and it's about okay. 110 miles total. And uh, it's in between Nicaragua and Costa Rica. So um, we thought, well, that'd be great. And the more I looked into it, and after I planned quite a bit of it, I found out that it's actually quite a populated river. You know, there's a lot of boat traffic. There's ferries that go up and down. There's even boat taxis. Okay. Uh, like, you know, this isn't something we exactly, you know, it's not my style. You know, we like remote doing something nobody's ever been on or done or anything. And sure. started looking into rivers and uh, we're like, let's look in the jungle area from the north um, east side of the country. And there was the Rio Coco, which separates Nicaragua and Honduras. But that one is, is practically a war zone just because you can do anything you want in one country and just hop the river and go into the other one and get away with it. And so there's, it, uh, it's pretty unsafe. Um, yeah, that, so we're a few uh, about a hundred miles south of there. It's called the Rio Grande de Matagalpa, and uh, which is obviously is another Rio Grande, which <laughs> just kind of funny. It's real stand on the Rio Grande too, I guess you could say. Yeah, but uh, it uh, it's a long river, but the section we're doing is 150 miles, and uh, we're starting in a little tiny village called San Pedro del Norte, which is you know San Pedro uh, of the North. Mm-hmm. And it's a 150-mile trip down a remote, remote jungle river, which we barely have any information on because there's literally not a lot on it. I mean, from where we're starting north upriver, you can find mm-hmm. some uh, some things here and there about it. But south where we're going, there's little to no information on the river. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild, wild trip. So but, uh, like, I, I would say like just. I mean, I know you a little bit, but how do you even – let's just start this. How do you even plan something like that? That was the tricky part, and I've been beating my head up against the wall, which, you know, I, this is one of my favorite things to do is logistics. I don't know why, but if I don't have a, a trip – we've talked about this in our on our 100-miler down to Guadalupe, that if we don't have a trip planned and something we can look forward to, we, we go a little crazy. And um, so it actually works out for me because I've spent, you know, months planning this thing and – Start out by just, you know, online research, tons and tons of it, as much as I could find, um, photos. And then what I ended up doing is finally going to Google Earth, and I had to um, map out the entire river to f- figure out how uh, long the distance was. Right. And, uh, you know, the distance measure you can do on there. And um, so that took me quite a few hours because uh, a lot of the, the resolution on a lot of that satellite imagery is really poor considering it's remote. So, you know, Google's yeah. not going to spend tons of money on getting high-quality photos of that area. So we don't know if we're going to run into Class 5 rapids or we're going to be just, you know, wide-open lake-style uh, river. I do yeah, know sure. that there are quite a lot of uh, huge crocodiles. I just found <laughs> out recently that there's uh, black cats in the area. 
which I'm yeah. guessing are going to be Panthers. Um, there's obviously the the what CNN will tell you the Zika ridden mosquitoes. Right. Um, there's also uh, what else is there? Oh, snakes! I just found out a couple of days ago that there's 11 types of uh, vi- uh, pit vipers. Nice. <laughs> so it's quite the trip. But, uh, so, so um, you're gonna you're doing this strictly by a paddleboard, right? Correct. Uh, okay. Completely Everybody self-supported. Self-supported, and um, you're putting in the little town. I can't remember the name because that's just not how my brain works. There. Yeah. San Pedro del Norte. Yeah. So San Pedro del Norte. You're putting you it go. right there, and then. Um, Y'all, y'all probably have a little bit of imagery right around there since it's a little town, or is it like a village? Or it's, um, it's a little I, village. There's a, a a couple restaurants that pop up online, and you can't get a hold of them though. Like there's no. We've been trying for months to get through to somebody one of those restaurants, but yeah, that's the only, we finally found somebody that uh, owns a boat because we're taking a film crew this time that are actually going to make a full blown documentary about this the whole expedition. Which we're yeah. planning on uh, submitting to, you know, um, to Sundance and all the big film festivals. So we needed a small uh, canoe, which is, looks like was going to be one of those giant uh, dugout canoes that they use. Mm-hmm. And, right. Uh, so they'll have a, a driver. But like I told them, um, I don't want them to really, you know, to compromise the process. I told them I don't. I want it to be legit, like we usually do it. I want it to be authentic. So I told them there's no. We're not going to be setting up any shots. They're not going to get involved in any way. It's still completely self-supported. They won't be carrying any of our gear, no water, no food. It's going to be like as if they're not there, except for the times they ask us to, for a small interview at the end of the day. Gotcha. So, that, be that, that, no aid awesome. them. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool. I'm glad you're doing it that way because, you know, it, it, it's it's an experience in its own, you know, uh, just to be – all alone carrying all that stuff. I mean, it's it's a, a tough thing to do. Um, so, I mean, you talk about crocodiles, you talk about snakes, the animals by far are <laughs> going to keep you up at night. But there's other things that you're having to deal with along this river. Am I correct? I mean, there's things you're documenting along the way. It's not just let's paddle to the to the Caribbean and go home. There's a lot of other things you're going along because Nicaragua is kind of home to you. Correct. Um, this uh, section of the uh, uh, the country was pretty much inaccessible when I grew up there, um, but it's right. been twelve. It's been twelve years since I've lived there. I mean, I've been back quite a few times, but since I lived there, it's been twelve. And um, so this uh, now there's actually a road that you is somewhat, you know, navigable to get up to that little town. So what the plan is is that we want to go up. One, we want to document the area, just because. It needs to be documented. People need to know what's up there if anybody else wants to ever try this out or just information, period. Um, right. Two, two, we want to go up there, and uh, there's the the indigenous people, which are the mosquito tribe, which is not mosquito like the the insect, but mosquito, just M-I-S-K-O, mosquito. You know uh, what that M-I-S. means? Well, it started as um, apparently the original tribe leader had mm-hmm. a weird name, which I can't pronounce, and the other tribes in the area couldn't pronounce it either, so they ended up calling them mosquitoes. So gotcha. yeah, that's, that's where it came from. So it's a mosquito tribe, and they speak a, a, a kind of a strange dialect, which now has been kind of corrupted by Spanish just because of the locals in the area. So now it's a dialect of kind of both. 
So gotcha. um, we'll we'll be able to communicate, but um, I'm not sure. But like I said, there's not a lot of information, so they might speak perfect Spanish. We might be struggling to uh, to, to communicate. So right. the goal is, is we want to go down there and we're going to be stopping at these little villages along the river, which you can see on, on some of the uh, Google Earth uh, imagery. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be documenting all their um, the illnesses, what kind of humanitarian needs they need, you know, if it's medical, if it's clean water, if it's, you know, if they need help um, with their farms or, you know, just education, period. And uh, which will all be turned over to my mom's um, nonprofit organization, which is what we did while we were there. Uh, for the 10 years is humanitarian work. Right. And uh, she's planning on being able to go back there eventually with a team and um, provide medical help and um, along with other things along the river to these people that just been kind of forgotten by by all up there. Right. I mean, uh, try, the the indigenous people, uh, are they, they accepting to outsiders or do you know or is it We're a, not a gamble? exactly sure. We're, yeah, it's kind of a gamble right now because uh, we're not really sure. What we do know is that I did find an article. Um, I can't remember exactly who wrote it, but um, they were they have their ancestral lands up there. And apparently um, some of the um, Nicaraguans have been moving on to those ancestral lands and kind of taking them over for their own farm, almost like a land grab. So it's creating right. a real um, – it's kind of creating a little bit of chaos and – up north on that first river I told you about on Rio Coco, mm-hmm. there's actually been murders and whatnot between the two um, because of land and all that. So I know that's going to be it's going to be a little tense uh, just because they're going to see some you know Americans coming down on giant surfboards paddled by some weird looking paddle and they're not going to know what's going on. Right. Um, but uh, so there's going to be unrest, but. Um, I mean, I've I've lived there. I've been all over the place. I mean, I hitchhiked from Nicaragua to Texas when I was 15, so I'm pretty good at at dealing people with people all over the world. So, yeah, um, I mean, you, you y'all are down there quite often. I I mean, uh, surfing and doing all sorts of stuff. I mm-hmm. see, but um, so um, I'm trying to go through all of this because I want to. I don't want to miss anything. It's such a it, it, to me, it's to me. I'm gonna live this trip through you, which I'm lucky to have a you know where we've um, known each other and stuff like that to get some of this info. But really, I mean, is it, you had said something on one of your posts about the army or the navy or something has to be involved somewhere, or is that Correct. not? How did how did that come about? Well, my brother-in-law, his um, that which is Nicaraguan. My sister, he's married to my sister, and they both live down there. They run a little surfer hotel right now and uh, have a um, little tourist business, taking people zip lining as well as rappelling and surf lessons and the whole nine yards. Well, his um, uncle is actually the head of the Navy. Okay. So um, he was talking about, just got through with family that, um, that, uh, <laughs> that he was planning on going on the trip with us, and the uncle called him up and said, what are you doing? <laughs> he explained the trip to him. <laughs> and down there, you know, that just, it's not something you do. They're not, you, you know, they're, they're not much into that. I think you know, there's not a lot of countries that have a lot of explorers or adventurers or anything just for fun, you know. Right. It's like, uh, you know, you go to some place in the States too. You know, I have people all the time tell me, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. There's no point in that. I don't see why you do these things kind of things. So, um, Nicaraguans just as a whole, they're, um, 
they can be somewhat skeptical of things. They also are, they can be paranoid just because of the war that lasted for 20 years. I mean, it's been over forever, but they remember it like it's yesterday sometimes. And uh, so he was worried about it and said that he's scared somebody's going to find out about the trip, that there could be kidnappings. Also, he's worried that there could be a cartel um, stuck up there in the jungle somewhere. And gotcha. he doesn't want us running up on him. So he said, we're sending a, uh, a naval escort with you. And my first reaction was no. <laughs> I don't want to have yeah. some, you know, naval vessel behind us, you know, listening to some big old outboard motor, you know, cranking down the river, which kind of ruins the experience. Two, when you go rolling up into a small village that's, you know, maybe never even seen um, a North American, and right. uh, you come rolling up with the Navy, that doesn't look good either. So um, I yeah. fought it and fought it, and I think we've kind of come to an understanding to where they're going to stay a few miles behind us or just cruise by us every once in a while to keep an eye out or to make their right. presence known in the area. Gotcha. Um, Maybe so, like go up ahead or back behind or whatever. Correct. I just don't want them with, right with us. More of a no, no offense to them, but yeah, exactly. Um, and that's if they're going to go at all. That, that's fine. Um, some of the guys are happy about it just because, one, crocodiles, two, because of, um, <laughs> two, because um, we don't have, we don't have real, the way of extraction, you know, there's not, there's not, medical rescue down there they don't have a helicopter they can just send out real quick and come pick you up I mean, it right. could but it's gonna the process is gonna be long and hard um, right. i do have that spot tracker which will help for sure but um nicaragua is a little behind the times it is the third world country and getting somebody out there for rescue could prove to be rather difficult so gotcha. um, i mean it could be there's a pros and cons the where we stand right now is we don't know what's going on they're supposed to meet us uh, one-third of the way down and then follow us after that. And uh, they've kind of gone radio silent. So we don't know if they're going to be there or if they're not. But I think we did our part as far as um, is, uh, letting them know what we're doing. And, and uh, if they want to go, it's fine. Exactly. Yeah. So. yeah. You don't have to get any special permits, I'm guessing, because it is Nicaragua. Am I right? Or yeah. No, no, like- no permits. They can make up a permit. Like if we told them no. Uh, yeah, tell the government no. You know they could probably make up a permit real quick and say, yeah, right, you can't go. But uh, <laughs> no, definitely or no permits. Or pay us or something like that. <laughs> uh, so um, you've got a, you got. I mean, you're not going by yourself. You're going with a team of guys. Is that correct? Correct. It's going to be. Uh, um, who's all going? There's uh, we have my brother-in-law Baldo, which we were just talking about the Nicaraguan. There's myself. Right. There is Q from Colorado, which is uh, the original from the two other ones. You know Q. He's been on yep. both of them with me. Uh, my little brother Johnny, which you know him. He went on the first one. Cool. My brother-in-law Nigel Stevens, which is uh, went on the Rio Grande with us. It was his first time on a paddleboard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we have Dan and Grant, which both went. They're from Colorado. They both went on the Rio Grande with me. Grant um, from Colorado? Correct. Okay, cool. And, and then um, then we have Danny Brott, which is, uh, he's the one that uh, owns Borders Magazine out of Dallas, and he's been on a few expeditions. He did the uh, the Buffalo with uh, Gabriel Gray um, a few years ago. Kind of, actually, when we were doing the, the Guadalupe, they did that big expedition. Oh, yeah, so, on the Buffalo. He went with, uh, he went with Gabriel. Gabriel Gray, correct, from Gray. Documented that river through flights to soar. Yes, correct. 
Yes, that, that cool. was their expedition. So um, he's going along, and then his brother, Danny's brother, which is Jeffrey Brott, which was actually over my house having a few beers last night, he's going to be our film crew. Cool. So, um, Baldo has been injured, and he's going to have to ride in the boat and be our secondary film crew. Um, Davis from, you know Davis from yep. Guadalupe, as well as he did the Rio Granitus, he blew his hand up um, testing smoke grenades for their aircraft. And oh, my so God. He's out. He yeah. okay? Uh, yeah, he'll be all right. He's uh, just can't go on the trip. There's no way he's going to be able to paddle with half his uh, hand missing right now, the skin off of it. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even then know I that. Have, yeah, and then I have a good friend from um, Nicaragua. Well, he's not from Nicaragua. He's actually from Colorado. He sold everything, went to um, California, bought a 50-foot sailboat, restored it completely, and then sailed it all the way to Nicaragua. So oh, he's, badass. Yeah, he's climbed six of the seven highest peaks um, all over the nation, all over the world. He's uh, He's been there, done that type of guy, crazy adventurer, and he was one of our crew. And then he just broke his back in uh, Columbia and within a centimeter came from completely severing his spine and uh, being paralyzed for the rest of his life. So, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, uh, so we're dropping not like starting off, uh, Not starting <laughs> off right. That's what my wife said. She said, you don't think this might be a sign? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a sign to say keep going, right? Yeah, definitely. That means, that means so, something's trying to stop us and we need to go. So, so uh, what are you thinking uh, time frame? Like how long are y'all planning on being out there? Or do you not have a time frame? You just yeah, going? Yeah, we do. We're, we're starting May 1st, and uh, okay. we're planning on a total of seven days. So the plan is to put in on San Pedro del Norte. Then we're okay. going to paddle throughout the whole river, hammock, uh, hammock camp, just to get up off the ground away from the crocs. And um, the snakes. And, then, and the snakes, <laughs> correct. And then day six, we need to make it to a little village called Karawala. It's all one word. Okay. It's kind of fun to say if you think about it. Karawala. Karawala? Yeah. yeah, there you are. <laughs> and they're having their annual um, festival, which is like they're uh, almost – it's not their Independence Day, but it's when their village was founded. Okay. And so they all get up in their um, their old dress attire from the tribe attire, and they have a, a whole festival. So we're planning on making it for that because people from all over come to see it. Um, from there, oh, that's on the 6th. On the 7th, we have to be out in the Caribbean and waiting for a large Navy, a naval vessel that's supposed to pick us up and uh, be our extraction all the way down to uh, Port Bluefield. How long is that, how long a boat ride is that? That's the that one I think is sixty miles from the mouth of the river. Are they gonna have cold beer for you? They better. <laughs> <laughs> that that are the Nicaraguan rum, which is the best so, in the world. Uh, so. so so I gotta I gotta ask you a little bit because we went over the the trip and everything, but gear wise. I mean, I know uh, you've got a lot of support coming from all angles. I've noticed, and so what are what are what are you going with? You talked about hammock camping. I'm guessing that's a tarp shelter because it's probably a little rainy. You're going in the rainy Correct. season, the dry season. Right. It's just, uh, this is actually the beginning of the rainy season right now. Okay. So um, it's going to be hit or miss. You know, it could be. All I know is it's going to be hot and extremely humid. Um, yeah. But we, we don't have to worry about flooding quite yet. Um, okay. And we we also don't even know what the flow of the river is. 
But yeah, we've gotten a, a lot of support this year. You know, our first year, you remember, we didn't have, you know, Nothing. barely any support. <laughs> yeah. We, no, we did. We we, we did have. We did have some last-minute support pop up here and there, and it was uh, it was tough going. Probably yeah, nobody like believed you said, we were last do it. minute. <laughs> like you said, last minute, last minute. I mean, it was like by within 24 hours, some of that stuff made it. But yeah. uh, last year, um, we were fortunate enough to almost all of our gear was covered. I mean, uh, yeah, most of our gear was covered last year, and this year, literally all of it was. Um, last year, I took. Two seventy sixty-five uh, liter dry bags and a thirty-five quart um, ice chest to sit on and have as dry storage, which yep. proved to be a huge mistake. Just because we ended up dragging the boards for probably twenty of the hundred miles over boulders. Um, this year, I'm dead set on going as lightweight as possible, which I'm really, really ecstatic that I see the summit jumped in, and um, I actually pulled my uh, total volume of gear down by about sixty percent. Yeah. So I have, I'm going with one 65-liter bag that's not even going to be completely full, and then a small 26-liter uh, backpack. Like for uh, day stuff? <clears throat> yeah, you're correct, for the easy access and all that, but it's insane. So the hammocks are actually the a new product from Cedar Summit, and they're super ultralight. I mean, the small one, the ultralight, is when it's packed down, it's the size of my fist. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I mean... I think it's 165 grams or something like that. I mean, it's, it's nothing. Um, their tarps are really great. They're about the, they pack down to about the size of a water uh, purified water bottle. Um, okay. And uh, sleeping bags we don't have to take big because obviously it's going to be hot, so we're taking um, liners. Yeah, the like mummy liners. Correct. Yeah, but the the ones made for for warm weather. Gotcha. Um, it's just like more the, of a mosquito deterrent, so they can't get you through the bottom of the hammock if uh, if they do happen to get into your mosquito net. Like that one night in the um, – Johnny's not going to look like a pin cushion when he's done. <laughs> yeah, we we won't be able to count 127 bites on him this time. So, oh, my God, he was not. so torn up. <laughs> it looked like a rash. It was so bad. <laughs> Dude, he looked, it, he looked it, like he was part of Naked and Afraid. <laughs> no, that's what I was thinking. I bet you Wes and him could have taken a picture next to each other, and they would have looked like Twinkies. Yeah. yeah. Wes from Naked and Afraid. Wes Adams. Wes Adams. If y'all if y'all don't know Wes, everybody needs to go follow him. He, yeah. he West, is, Wesley uh, is either Wesley Adams or Wes Adams. Yeah, I don't know what he's under, but uh, <laughs> y'all need a. I, I I need to go see if I have an old picture of his back because I remember taking a picture. Y'all need to compare. <laughs> you need to ask Wes for one and then compare it <laughs> and broadcast that one because I remember we're sitting in Waterburger, tired. Of, we were so tired. Uh, it was going to be a late night, and then Johnny pulls his shirt up, and I was like, "Oh my god, you couldn't get any more bites on that guy." I thought I really thought he had poison oak or something, and then I got to look and I was like, "Oh my god, those are from the mosquitoes last night!" Huh? Oh god, that was bad. Um, yeah, we went about through Johnny, everything. We won't get through much of a hard time. We went through everything that night. That was our last night on the river too. We were camped up right next to about a what 500 yard uh, log jam. Uh, oh, it was a- standing still. We went everything from it went from extremely hot. To, then the mosquitoes came out, which were relentless, and then, and then all the of a sudden, cold front. 
And then the cold front blows in. I mean, we went everything from floods to cold fronts to heat stroke to log jams. Lightning, to, thunder. Oh, man. That was insane. Th- that was an enduring trip, that's for sure. That was a te- that was a test of will on some nights. I just had the baby, and I was like, "What am I doing right now?" At some point, and, and now, like, I look back and go, "Man, that was pretty easy. I need to find something harder." Yeah, exactly. My favorite part is when I finally when I finally convinced everybody to get on the flood after it flooded that night, and the river came up twenty five feet. I remember convincing everybody, "Let's just." Yeah, let's just get back on the river. It'll be fine, you know. And they're like, "What about trees?" I'm like, "We're good, you know." We get on and we see this little limb going down the water, and all of a sudden it starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And this giant cypress tree gets caught on the bottom of the river, and it stands it straight up, and the roots come out of the water about thirty, forty feet in the air, and then flips over on the other side and creates like a tidal wave. And then I feel the eyes burn in the back of my head and turn on a look and everybody's staring at me like, what did you get us into? <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember putting in, there. we were sitting outside that camp, you know, and that night it was pretty rough night. I mean, it was a rough day, actually. I mean, I think what we sat for four or five hours in pouring rain. And then oh, at that least, night uh, I, re- I remember the bank caving in. And I had yeah. to get up and pee. <laughs> I had to get up and pee, and I shined my headlamp, and I was like, the water is, like, by our feet right now. <laughs> this is probably not a good idea. <laughs> Do you remember me having to convince the rest of the guys to go up to the top bank? Oh, yeah, we were sitting down there huddled, tied up to that root in the ravine. Right yeah, there, and, and I was like... like and it- Everybody's like, let's just camp here. I was like, no, you don't understand Texas uh, Texas water. You have up. to get as high as possible. <laughs> oh, and that it was a was, mess. How far do you think it was from coming up over our bank and coming into the camp? Oh, it was at our feet. Because I remember, yeah. who was it? I forgot who was camping on the outside edge by the by the cliff. I guess it's the mud bank, you know, but it's a pretty tall mud yep. bank. And Johnny. Water was, yeah, water wasn't. If it would have, if we'd have been on the outside bend, Johnny would have been um, floating his log all the way, the tree all the way down because it it was bad. Yeah, we lost. I mean, we was, lost a few trees from our bank that night. Yeah, it was it was a it was a rough situation we were in, but you know, <laughs> uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully you. I mean, well, you've had storms, you've had uh, drought and dragon, and now you're going to Nicaragua, and I hope it I hope it goes uh I hope it goes smooth and you meet your goal and everything. But I do have a I, question. I appreciate it, but you do know the adventure doesn't start until everything goes wrong, right? Hey, that is a saying I've been using for a long time because that, that's vacation and then adventure kicks in. Like we like to say it, adventure on at that moment because uh-huh. that's when it that's when it starts, you know? Yeah. Uh, but – what, I, I got to ask you a few questions. Everybody's a little bit different. What what actually starts you? What what's I mean I mean, what drives you to do this? I mean I know you're a, you're a big rock climber. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're into the paddling. You've combined the two. Uh, what what drives you to get outside? Uh, I can't. Um, I mean, like I said, I grew up in Nicaragua. Um, I grew up just literally adventuring was our job down there going out to remote areas and all uh, we did jungle trips back then and some other rivers i want to hit up later on and dug out canoes i mean we've done 
we've been my whole life been on the road and uh, we moved back up here and things were just a little too easy and a little too plain Jane. I mean, it was every day, the same job. It was the same restaurants we were going to the same parties. And it was just, to me, I just got to a point where I was like, what am I doing with my life? You know? And so I decided I got to get out and start doing things again and start. And it's not an adrenaline thing, like most people think, but it's a, to keep me sane type of thing. And, uh, I found that San Antonio really doesn't have a huge, um, <laughs> to be honest, it just doesn't have a big community of outdoorsmen when it comes to adventure sports like the kind of we do. So right. I taught myself, I taught myself how to rock climb through watching YouTube videos and went and bought some gear and went and tried it on my own. And then same thing with whitewater paddleboarding. I jumped on a flood I had no business being on and almost died. <laughs> I tried highlining over the Guadalupe, about 40 feet in the air and some trees that I definitely shouldn't have been doing. I'm surprised I'm still alive looking back at the video. But I figured somebody's got to figure it out. And uh, so that's what I started doing. I just figured it out on my own and kind of go from there. And I don't know. It keeps me alive. It just, it, uh, I go crazy. I go stir crazy. My wife hates it because I can't even stay home and watch a, a movie on the weekend. She said, we get 30 minutes in the movie. She goes, and you're pacing the living room. She goes, <laughs> you just can't sit still. And uh, yeah. I'm gonna, if I'm going to feed the adventure that's been, you know, just seated in me from the life I grew up with, then I have to do something big and uh something nobody else has done as much as i can yeah uh um so out, out of that i mean i i know you very well and you you don't have a lot of fear um when it comes to just over things but i i know that you're controlled and stuff in what you do and uh but when you look back at it i mean there's a lot of things that you look at going into this trip especially there's a the whole thing is this unknown deal um, I don't, I don't mean it as a fear or a danger or something like that, but I guess also what, what is your, what is your fear going into this maybe? And how do you overcome those? Cause you've been in some big situations since I've known you, you're going mm -hmm. into some other ones, you know, at, at, what is the, I, I know you like to laugh at adversity because I've seen it, <laughs> uh, but okay. So, but really, what, how do you overcome it? I know how I do at times, and I'll talk about that on a later podcast. But I really like to hear, especially. I mean, you you paddleboard behind a kiteboard, right? You you go out and dive with sharks. You you, you do a lot of things that are. Some people would look at you and go. Hey, that's a little bit nuts, but I could see the drive to get out there. Me, myself, yeah. I can understand. Sometimes it's just about overcoming it. What, what do you, what do you say is your most fear going into this trip? And how do you overcome past fears? Uh, my fear, to be honest with you, at this trip, I don't know. I, I just, I thrive on the unknown. I, I thrive on it. That's why I do these things, you know. I don't know a lot of people that paddleboard up to the oil rigs in the goal and go spearfishing or thing like that because and that's that's kind of what drives me to be honest with you i uh, <laughs> i like the unknown i like doing things that i i can't find direction to online i can't find a guidebook to it yeah um, but my biggest fear i'd probably tell you is getting other people hurt in the process if somebody else is with me and they're inexperienced or something happens to them and i can't help out in one way or I, i'm going to feel responsible for for getting them right. into the situation i did um, yeah, because you know I am the team lead on it. It is my expedition, 
Uh, I mean, I thought it up from top to bottom, and um, people jumping in with me because they see how awesome the ones before were and how grueling sure. it are and how you come out a different person, and they want to be a part of that experience. And, uh, yeah, but they will change happen to somebody. Oh, it does, yeah, definitely. And uh, so, But I just that's my biggest fear, to be honest with you, is somebody else, uh, something happening to them. Uh, Understood. But that's just all on picking a picking a good group, a good team, and trusting um, their skills along with yours, you know. Absolutely. But, uh, so, so how how can we follow along? This one, we're going to be doing uh, several things. I'm going to be doing the spot tracker again. Um, I'm going to set it up and put it put it on the face my Facebook page, um, SA Adventure Sports, as well as um, on my Instagram. Um, I don't have a website just because um, SA Adventure Sports isn't going to be around forever. Um, I'm going to let uh, I'm letting other people take it over right now and start posting content and all just to keep it alive in here. But I'll be in Colorado come next month, uh, living there. Okay. So, um, so I didn't start a website, but um, we will put it on Facebook and all. So that way, people I'll pin it to the top. So if people go visit the Facebook page; they can click on it and see our progress we're at and what we're doing. As well as so every how- time we get some kind of information or post, if we get some uh, any kind of signal possible. We're going to go ahead and be um, uploading it to to Instagram as well as Facebook to keep people so, updated. So, how can they find you on uh, Facebook? Just your name. Yeah, uh, SA Adventure Sports is the, probably the okay. best way. Um, okay. I'm open to people add me on my personal Facebook too if they want. Just Sam Malden. Um, I'm the only one with a profile picture hanging off a cliff. So. <laughs> and <laughs> I, and I'll, I'll make. <laughs> What's yeah, that? I'll make sure I, I'll make sure I link all of those in our web page, and okay. uh, we, that way people can find you there. And then I'll post up your links and a few of your posts up into the site once we get all this loaded up here in the next few days. So you're leaving May first. Seven days yeah. is the is the actual trip, but it's going to take you a little while to get down there and a little while to get you back. Um, I'm leaving on the 26th. I'm flying to Costa Rica and uh, jumping on the chicken bus and going up to Nicaragua to go surf for a few days before the expeditions. And then uh, cool. we'll, I'll be down there for a total of two weeks. Awesome. And then, uh, that's going to be a great uh, time. Instagram actually is probably the best way for people to follow along because that's where I post most of it. But if they want to follow live feeds, I'll, I'll send you the, the link too if you want to post it along with the rest of it. That way people yeah, make sure you it when they're on the website. Yeah, make sure you send me all of that, and then that way we uh, I'll keep this going during your trip to make sure uh, people can find you and uh, follow along with you because it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. I mean, when you look at something like this, I would have to say out of all the trips I've seen out there with paddleboarding since I got in into it, you know, uh, this this is one for the books for sure. I appreciate it, man. We're gonna need uh, all the good uh, vibes and prayers we can get. <laughs> here in a couple of ye- here in a couple of years, um, when you, when you go somewhere else weird and crazy, make sure you invite me along once the kiddos grow up and they know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I will do. I have a few up my sleeve that uh, I haven't even told people because I want to get through this one before they think I'm I've absolutely gone off my rocker. Because <laughs> uh, I have a few a few I'm planning that are just. It's borderline stupid. Uh, okay, when you get incredible to, feet. When you get to borderline stupid, that's when I want in. Okay? 
when, right. when, when nobody when nobody will go with you at all, that's when you call me. Okay, I'll be, right. I'll be second. I'll be second string. Okay, I'm re- right. willing to go in, Coach. I'm willing to go in. <laughs> well, Sam, it's great talking to you. Um, and like I said, we'll have everything on here. We wish you good luck. We'll be following along every day, and uh, we'll make sure we get a share this, and hopefully uh, we'll see you at sub-expedition of the year on this one. Hopefully everything goes as planned and nobody gets hurt and our prayers are out with y'all. And um, you you said your mom had a uh, charity that she does. Uh, do you yeah, want to let people know about that work. real now? Yeah, it's uh, called Missions of Grace or MOG. And they're actually okay. going to be getting on the original river I thought about doing, um, the Rio San Juan. They're going to be doing an expedition with uh, Jarvis boards um, the week fall, uh, leading up to ours. So um, okay. if you want to check them out, there's uh, Missions of Grace. You can find them online um, anywhere if you just type that in. And Sherry Malden is her name. Um, or you can look uh, at – what's that? Send me that, too. So I want to make sure I put put her in there. She supported Perfect. me over the years. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So uh, I, I really uh, appreciate everything, Sam. I know you. Uh, I know your. I've met your family here and there, and I know y'all are good people. And we wish you the best of luck on your trip. And uh, if you need anything, let us know. I will do, and I sure appreciate it, Dan. All right, have a good one. I'll holler at you later on. All right, talk to you then. All right, bye. All right, bye bye. If you'd like to learn more about this episode and Sam's trip, head over to adventureonoutdoors.com forward slash podcast. We will have the links to Sam's Instagram and Facebook accounts, as well as the link to Sam's spot tracker, where you can keep up with the team's progress on the trip. Thanks for listening to Adventure On Outdoors.